In today's show, I'm going to be going through the last round of a draft. Who to pick in that last round? Michael Bolton, he wants to hear about it. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said, we're going to be talking about what to do in the last round of a draft. 12 players that you should pick in the last round of a fantasy draft. But before we get into that, a little bit of news just to catch up on. Of course, news about unvaccinated players Andrew Wiggins has been denied a religious exemption to uh, getting the COVID vaccination and the laws from the San Francisco government. So at this current stage, he is not able to play in Warriors home games. Now, Andrew Wiggins is not good enough to take that risk and draft him. You can't draft him if he's going to play maximum 41 games. Now, there is reporting, and I just talked about this on Locked On NBA with Wes Goldberg of Locked On Warriors, that this recent development will make Wiggins end up getting the vaccination. He might miss a couple of weeks to begin the season, but we don't know that. He's not good enough to take that risk on. So I wouldn't bother drafting him until we get news that he is, in fact, getting vaccinated. Jonathan Isaac, another player that came out and uh, is not vaccinated. Now, it's not as impactful on him because the there is no rule in Orlando from the Orlando local government saying that you can't play in home games. So it means that he will be subject to stricter COVID protocols if he does get exposed or, or contract uh, COVID-19. That will reduce his games played a little bit, but it's not the same impact as it is for a Warriors player. The other, of course, situations in New York. Now, all Knicks players are vaccinated, so it doesn't apply to any of those guys, but it's the Nets that's the worry. And and Kyrie Irving appears to be unvaccinated as well. We don't have 100% confirmation on that, but it's like 99% at this point with that article from Rolling Stone coming out, which I tweeted out uh, yesterday. Now, Kyrie is a different situation. Because he's obviously significantly better than Andrew Wiggins. And he was going to be a steal in the second round. I would not draft him in the second round at all at this point. But when you get to, say, pick 50, I think you take that risk. Because if he does end up being vaccinated and he is able to play in these home games, or if he somehow gets some sort of exemption, then it's a steal at pick 50. But you can't go any earlier than that, I don't think. Because if he does end up playing your maximum 41 games, and that's not including any injuries then you, it's just not going to be worthwhile. Now, burning uh, pick 17 on that is a non-starter. Burning pick 50 or pick 55, while it's not ideal, it is recoverable from. So it's a risk-reward scenario there. If it pays off for you, it's a big win, and it probably puts you towards the top of the fantasy standings. If it doesn't pay out for you, you're in trouble, but you can recover it from round five versus recovering from it from round two. I defend some of the unwarranted hate that Kyrie Irving gets, but some of this shit that was in that article, these ridiculous conspiracy theories, is ludicrous to me. It's absolutely ludicrous. And while Kyrie does have the the right of his own body to to make the decision not to have the vaccination, I think it's incredibly ridiculous and ill-informed. And much like the government has the 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 uh, ability to say, well, you can't come inside these venues and, uh, and put that risk more onto other people because people who are unvaccinated... People who are vaccinated can contract COVID. The symptoms are obviously much less. The chance of dying is significantly reduced and the chance of spreading it are actually reduced as well. 
And I just, I don't understand coming from, again, a medical background, um, why we're not trusting you know, the vast, vast, vast majority of all medical professionals who are looking at this as something that you know, we, we, people pray for a cure and we have something that can actually help to eliminate this and reduce the impact and make it so it's not a situation where one in 100 people are dying, which is, a, you can say, what's well, 98%, 99% survival rate. That means two people in every 100 who contracted are dying. That's not that, 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 those odds aren't that great. And I believe at the moment, one in 500 people in the United States in general has died of COVID-19, which is an incredible, incredible uh, statistic. But you know, Kyrie and Andrew Wiggins and John Isaac and the other 50 players who haven't been vaccinated, they have the right to, to, to make that decision. But teams and local governments uh, uh, have the right to make those rules as well. And it is going to have an impact here on fantasy. And there'll be plenty of people who are listening to this who don't want to hear about, oh, don't tell me about COVID. And you're, it, politi- it's not politics, it's health. It's, sim- it's simple as that. And you know, I've been vaccinated for months. My whole family is vaccinated. I am, as I said, a medical professional, and I think it is absolutely the best thing to do. But people can make that choice, and there is consequences to those choices that get made. In terms of where Kyrie sits, I, I just, we don't know for sure. It's looking like he's unvaccinated, and that is a risk associated with drafting him in any uh, in any fantasy basketball situation. All right, so let's talk about fantasy leagues. Actually, I've got something to say now. You, you guys know about the Locked On Championship League, which is drafting Thursday, 14th of October, 8 p.m. Eastern, $50 entry. If you want to be a part of that league, I should have mentioned this a little bit. If you want to be a part of that league, here's a, another invitation. Find the tweet that's promoting this show, quote tweet it, and tell people to go and listen to the show. That's, that's all you need to do, and I'll get one of you who does that into the league. But if you want a spot in other leagues... Remember the old Red Rock leagues that we used to run? Well, if you're looking for something equivalent to that, let's talk about how we can find those. And let's talk to Brendan Woodward of Fantasy Basketball International. He's been on the show before. Brendan is running a absolute shit ton of leagues this season. If you are looking for competitive leagues, this is the place to go. And Brendan is going to tell us how you go there, what you do, and what's on offer. Let's go, Brendan. Thanks, Josh. Um, yeah, so... We are Fantasy Basketball International. Um, we're running uh, just an enormous amount of uh, redraft leagues this season, but as well as that, Dynasty Leagues, Draftmaster Leagues, and all sorts of other leagues, um, just like we have done every other season for the last uh, several years. Um, if, you were, if you are interested in joining a league, I'll just say at the top of the call, and I'll repeat it at the end, um, all you need to do is navigate over to my Twitter handle, which is uh, at Hidden Upside. And you'll be able to easily find the application to um, to join our Discord server from there. Um, everyone gets approved, so just fill in the form and wait maybe a day or two, and I'll, and I'll add you in. And from there, it's really straightforward. You just um, you, you'll connect into our Discord server. You'll see messages all over the place um, directing you to where the available leagues are. And then from there, it's just a few clicks. Um, you can peruse what we have. Um, this year, it's going to be leagues of all different buy-in types, uh, $11, $22, $53, $105, and even a few bigger money leagues than that. Um, we've got all sorts of, well, all the different formats, points, uh, roto, and head-to-head. I don't know why I said it in that order. It's actually much more so the other way around, mostly head-to-head, quite a bit of roto, and maybe a few points leagues. Um, different uh, league sizes, 12-team um, is the most prevalent one, but we do also have um, some 16 and 20-team leagues. And, of course, this season we'll also be doing the World Cup again uh, where we have 192 teams um, stretched out across 16 divisions. 
uh, with one ultimate winner and obviously a, a huge prize pool uh, involved in that. Um, so yeah, all the different league styles you could hope for, uh, hundreds and hundreds, uh, if not thousands of uh, quality fantasy managers filling up those leagues. Um, very competitive um, and you'll definitely find something that would uh, suit your taste. Yeah, definitely. So head across there. Look, we had all these leagues. I used to run about 60 or so leagues of those Red Rock leagues. You know, Brendan's gonna not not taking over that, but you know, I don't have the time to set those up. But this is the place to go. You want competitive leagues. You want you know, competitive managers, great drafts, multitudes of options. These guys are going to be running 200 plus leagues this season and across multiple different types. You might see me in some of those. I am joining a draft only dynasty league that they're running over there as well. And if you want to be a part of it, you head to Brendan's Twitter, which is at Hidden Upside, and you find that link. I will also put that link in the description for this show on YouTube and in the podcast show notes as well. So you can find it. I'll probably tweet it out as well. But this is where you get into league. So anyone who sends me a message saying, you know, where, where can I join a league? Have you got a cash league for me? Have you got this league? I need a competitive league. I want to try a roto league. I want to try a head-to-head league. This is where you go. This is where the leagues are uh, held. This is the absolute pinnacle of fantasy basketball, the fantasy World Cup. This is it. This is the absolute top level of leagues, the most competitive leagues, the best leagues, the best commissioned leagues. Everything is fantastic over there. I, I cannot recommend you joining these leagues enough. I reckon uh, I want to push you guys to 500 leagues this year. That'd be awesome, Brent. Just get everyone in there. This is the place to go. Don't worry about doing Yahoo Pro Leagues and all this sort of stuff. Get in there with a bunch of committed fantasy basketball managers. This is the place to do it. Brendan, anything else that you uh, you need to add to uh, to get people into these leagues? Uh, just that there's, there's going to be a lot of other fun stuff along the way as well. Um, so, yeah, jump in, uh, have a look around, see if you like it. Uh, join at least one league and um, yeah, take it from there. Get in there, check out all the information that Brendan will send you when you sign up to the Fantasy Basketball International group and over on their Discord. Brendan, thanks for coming on the show and, uh, and chatting with us. Pleasure, Josh. Thanks for having me. All right, now, so before we go on to talking about what we are talking about today, I've got to tell you about Sleeper. If you are looking to start a fantasy basketball league for the first time and you're with a bunch of beginners, Sleeper is a great option because their format is very similar to fantasy football. You only have to choose one game per week for players. Now, a reminder, they are, that is the only format they have and they only have points leagues, but that might be great if you're looking to get workmates, friends, school friends in on a league and they're not familiar with fantasy basketball. The, the Sleeper app looks fantastic. Their draft situation is great. They have a third round reversal which is actually a really really strong draft format as well over on that sleeper app so if you are looking to start a league with a bunch of people who are beginners and are looking to get into fantasy basketball for the first time sleeper and their game pick format might just be for you so go ahead download the sleeper app and start yourself a new league today and see uh see how you go with it this also might be a familiar issue to you. You're watching your live sports somewhere. You're watching your on-demand shows somewhere else you've got your sports highlights on your phone and then you've got your neighbors log in for something else it's all over the shop It's so much clutter, so much confusion. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and enables you to get all of the entertainment that you love together in one place like never before. With Direct TV... Well, Direct TV Stream, there is no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. That's directtv.com. Learn more at directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. So 
a long intro to the show, I guess, just by because people ask me this question all the time: Where do I join leagues? All right, and there, there's your answer. If you want to join league, that is it. That is the pitch. That is where you go. But now let's talk about when you're in a league. What the hell do you do with your last round pick? I have got 12 players on today's show that I think should be, you know, everything going according to plan. These are all players who have a Yahoo ADP of 140 or higher or lower, however you want to frame it, 140 or later in a draft that I think should be really forming that 12th, that 13th round in a draft. Everybody's last pick, you're looking for high upside flyer type players. So let's go through who those 12 players are right now and let's head straight to Philadelphia with Tyrese Maxey. If Ben Simmons does not report and is not traded, I believe that Tyrese Maxey will be the starting point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. He will play 30-plus minutes. He is ahead of Shake Milton, according to all reports. Seth Curry can't be the full-time point guard. Maybe they try that and start Matisse Thibel. I really doubt it. I think Maxey's the guy, and that's what the last round is about, taking a flyer. Now, if Simmons is traded, there's a big chance that another point guard comes back in that deal. But maybe they don't. And maybe they just say, well, Maxi is going to be the starting point guard. I would say the odds of Simmons returning are pretty low. So there are a couple of yeah, alternatives here. One of those is Simmons returns and Maxi goes to a 20-minute-a-night bench roll. That's not great, but it's your last pick you move on. Simmons holds out and isn't traded. Maxi's your starting point guard. Excellent value with your last pick. Simmons is traded and another point guard comes back and Maxi goes back to a bench roll. Oh, well, you might have got a week or two out of him in the regular season and then you move on. But then the other option is Simmons is traded and no point guard comes back and say so they move Seth Curry to a bench roll because they got a shooting guard back. Or they move um, yeah, Danny Green down to the two because they got another three back in that deal. And Maxi remains as the starting point guard. So as you can see, there's multiple scenarios in which Maxi remains a 30-minute-a-night player. This is what you do with your last round selection. You take a guy like this. It's all upside. By opening night, shit, by a week's time, Simmons may have relented and he's playing for the Sixers or he may have been traded and there's a point guard coming back and Maxi's coming off the bench again and then you move on. But if that doesn't happen, you've got an ace up your sleeve with Tyrese Maxi. So that is a guy that I would suggest to select in the last round of your draft. Jordan Poole is the next guy. He is going to start, I believe, while Clay Thompson is out. Clay Thompson might be back by Christmas Day. He might be back till January. He won't be full 33-minute-a-night Clay Thompson until after the All-Star break, if at all, and he's going to miss back-to-backs. And now we throw in the fact that Andrew Wiggins is out or is going to miss home games with his unvaccinated status. And even when Clay comes back, Poole is going to start a chunk of games. This is a guy that you take with that last-round pick, you might be able to get top 100 numbers until Clay returns. And then he might be able to actually maintain top 110 numbers if Wiggins is going to sit out all these home games. Poole can handle the ball. He can get some assists. He can hit threes. He can score. He can hit free throws. Defensive stats won't necessarily be there. But literally, if Wiggins is out and Clay's not there, who the hell else is generating their own shot? The answer is nobody. And Poole could average, honestly, to begin this season, 20 points per game. He could with three threes. That's a real four threes. It's a real possibility just because of how this roster is striking out. And again, these are all players with an ADP of 140, 140 or later. An excellent, excellent last round pick. No league really should allow Jordan Poole to be undrafted. In fact, I think all of these 12 guys, this is why I'm doing this video, these 12 guys should all get drafted in leagues. Now, there'll be leagues where people don't take them because in the last round, they take a pick on Joe Ingles, who is totally fine and we love Joe, but there's no upside in it. 
I would much rather draft Jordan Poole and leave Joe Ingles on the waiver wire than if Jordan Poole doesn't work out, I'll just grab Joe Ingles. The last round should be about grabbing these sort of guys. And Jordan Poole is one of those guys. Terrence Mann is also one of those guys. We do not know at this point who is replacing Kawhi Leonard in the starting lineup for the Clippers. It could be Eric Bledsoe. It could be Nick Batum. It could be Terrence Mann. Mann started in the playoffs, had some big games. Now, I think some of that shooting in the playoffs is a little bit unreliable for Mann. But again, Batum is totally... You could have put Batum in here as a last-round pick. I think Mann's upside is probably higher. Batum and Morris, I didn't love playing those guys together too much last season. And Batum running that second unit's fine. Batum probably should still be drafted in 12-team leagues. But if we're looking at a flyer guy in the last round, I think Mann is your option here. A guy that took some big steps forward last year. He's a very strong rebounding guard as well. He showed an improvement in his scoring and shooting. Can be a guy that gets defensive stats too. He's an interesting, interesting last-round guy with absolute upside because of that gaping hole giggity. Giggity! That is left by Kawhi Leonard being out. So Terrence Mann is an option for us there. Monty Morris. I believe, maybe wrongly, I believe that Monty Morris will be the starting point guard for the Denver Nuggets. Monty Morris is not a high usage player necessarily, but he's going to start. He should play 30 plus minutes. He should be able to get you really nice assist numbers with low turnovers. And especially if your league considers assist to turnover ratio, he is literally one of the best players in the league at that. It's him, Chris Paul, and Tyus Jones, who are probably the top three guys at that. He's got that opportunity, heading into, I think it's his fourth season, maybe to up his usage a bit, improve his shooting, improve his assist rate. He's not Jamal Murray, of course, but as a last-round guy, a starting point guard who can generate steals and assists and hit some threes and be pretty efficient, I think that's worth having a look at with that last round. Now, if I was to believe that Faku Kampazzo was to play the same minutes as Morris, I would slot Kampazzo into this last round flyer type, but I don't believe that's the case. I think Faku will be like 22 minutes and Monty will be like 30, 32 minutes. And that's why I'll be looking at Monty Morris as a last round flyer. Alperen Shengun. I don't know what's going to happen in Houston with the front court at this stage. The absence of John Wall weirdly helps Shengun. I know it's a point guard and a center, but what it means is that with Wall out, Porter becomes the one, Green becomes the two. Jay Sean Tate doesn't play minutes at the four, really. He plays more of them at the three. Same with Daniel House, meaning that Christian Wood and Daniel Tice take more of the minutes at the four, and there's an opportunity in the front court for Shengun. Now, if Shengun forces his way into 25 minutes a night, probably doesn't happen immediately, but I can see it happening. 25 minutes, Shengun, that's top 150. I'd love to add him with that last round pick, see what they decide to do, see how they run him for the first couple of weeks and go from there. And if they decide, holy shit, like him and Wood, it's a pairing, it's working, and he plays 28, well, there's a top 100 player there. And that is what the last round is about. It's not about taking Joe Ingles. And sorry to keep shitting on Joe, but it's not about taking a guy whose best case probably lands him 130th. And I'd almost say the same for maybe even a Marcus Morris or a Nick Batum who don't have the most well-rounded fantasy game in terms of you know, Morris, especially more of a high-volume points guy with not much else. And there are probably other names in there as well that I, that I could throw in there. But getting that upside lottery ticket player with your last-round pick is exactly what Shen Goon is. And if he's not, not even, even playing in the, on the first week, then move on. That's totally fine because waiver-wire players will appear during that time. But this is the idea for the last round is to get a guy like Shengun in. I think we've got to look at this guy as an option. One, two, three, four, five. Now, as you're well aware, I firmly believe that Wendell Carter Jr. is the best center in Orlando. 
But that doesn't mean that Jamal Mosley believes that. And if Mo Bumba plays 23 minutes a night, that is a top 50 guy. If he plays 17 minutes a night, it's not worth it. If Bumba gets the starting job ahead of Carter, very small chance of that happening. But if it happens, then holy shit, we're talking top 70 here for fantasy. This is again a guy available after pick 140, who in 20 minutes a night is probably top 120. You have to make sure he gets picked up especially with so much unknown at the moment about how the Magic runs their rotation. If they play 23 minutes for Bumba, 25 for Carter, it's a massive win to draft him there. I think Carter's better and should play 32 minutes a night, but that doesn't necessarily mean that happens. They might just want to see what happens and try him out. Absolute minute split platoon. And if that's the case, then Bumba's value goes through the roof. It becomes absolutely gigantic because of his permanent, his permanent fantasy production. Now, tell you who's got permanent deliciousness value. That is Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Whatever your favorite flavor, Built Bar gives you freedom of choice to choose the best flavor for you. Cookies and cream, raspberry, strawberry, mint brownie, orange, cookies and cream, whatever your favorite flavor is, Built Bar will have you covered. Built Bar are not only delicious, they're, they're obviously delicious, but they're not only delicious. They have um, some of the best tasting but healthy protein bars. 130 to 180 calories per bar, 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. And you can also now save 15% by going to built.com and using our promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 at built.com and you save 15% on whatever boxes of Built Bar you decide to purchase. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Let's go back and have a look at some more options for us for last round selections. Isaac Okoro. Now, Okoro played a lot of minutes last season, and let's be fair, he wasn't very good for a fantasy point of view. Okoro struggled quite a bit. He might struggle again. But we did see a glimpse at the end of last season where we saw the usage rise up and he became a valuable option. Now, part of the problem with Okoro is he's a poor free throw and field goal guy, a low volume three-point player, a low usage player who doesn't get high rebounds and high assists. And what you might say, Josh, that sounds horrible. And it is. But he's heading into his second year. He's got a really solid role as a starter. If they decide to give him more usage, which I'm not sure is going to happen, yeah, there's some value to increase there. I'm not certain that he's going to be able to increase his defensive stats, but this is what we're looking at. Young player, solid role, high minutes, heading into a second year with big improvements to come. You take the flyer. If it doesn't work out, oh well, you move on. But that sort of role, that sort of upside is there. Because if he comes out and they say, well, shit, his offense has developed. He's a really reliable shooter. We're more happy with him having the ball in his hands. Hey, let's trade Colin Sexton and get some other pieces in because there's a possibility... Okoro is someone to watch. And that is all about what that last round is about doing, is taking flyers on these sort of guys. Will Barton's a different story. His ADP is like outside the, or his rank on Yahoo is 155th. He's not this young upside player that we hope is going to get a larger role. We know he's going to get a larger role. He's going to be starting for the Denver Nuggets, who are playing without Jamal Murray. He becomes their number 2B option on offense behind Maga Porter Jr. and Nikola Jokic. He's a guy that's had top 100 seasons in the past. He's healthy, fingers crossed, at the moment with his knee issue. Getting him in the last round is theft. It's theft. It's ridiculously low. The fact that he's ranked 155 makes no sense for a bloke who's going to play 30-plus minutes, who's going to start, who's going to have a usage bump, and has got a history of being a top 100 player. Now, some, of, some parts of Barton's game are not pleasing to me at all. 
I hate the way he goes into head-down ISO mode and takes the ball out of the hands of better players. It frustrates the shit out of me. But Malone seems to like him doing that. And that translates into good fantasy numbers for him. It's frustrating, but it's there. And if he's there in that last round, like you, sh- you don't pass on him. He is a great, great option. Who You don't have to go like Isaac Okora and go, well, I've got to imagine him improving these things and natural development. I just look at Barton and go, well, this is Will Barton. And the role is just perfectly open for him. And that's really as simple as it gets, I think, when, when looking at the value there for Farton, Will Barton. Killian Hayes. Back to the young guys. Last round pick, starting point guard in Detroit. I don't know if his shooting's going to be any better. I know he's a very good defender, and I know he can get assists. So steals and assists are always valuable in fantasy. Like, you could take a Ricky Rubio with your last pick, who's going to be the backup in, in Cleveland and maybe play 25 minutes because assists and steals are valuable. Want to get the guy that's got 33-minute upside, like Killian Hayes. His shooting might be terrible. Maybe they said this is not going to work, and Dwayne Casey, I'm going to be a dickhead, and I'm going to put Corey Joseph in there. That's all a possibility. But the upside is massive. Like, Killian Hayes could very easily go 14-5-6 and six with 1.5 steals, 1.5 threes, he might shoot 42%, but there is enough value in that that you take a flyer on a young player playing with better guys around him, settling into a role, adjusting to NBA pace, and getting 32 minutes a night. Like That's tremendous value as a starter and as a last-round pick. Might not work. He might look bad again like he looked for big chunks of last season. But he played like 20 games. And when he came back after his hip injury, I thought he looked pretty good and pretty comfortable out there. Didn't necessarily translate into big numbers, and it might not again. But I think taking that flyer on him is absolutely what that last round is designed to do. And now, let's do a trio of Thunder players. Derek Favors will probably be the opening night center for the Thunder, but Isaiah Roby could easily be that. They don't really have that many centers. Roby, if he plays 27 minutes a night, he's got a real chance to crack the top 100. And even if he stays, starts the season off the bench playing 23 minutes a night behind favors, at some point, that's not going to, that's going to change. And he will become a starter, and he'll probably play 27, 28 minutes a night. An absolutely excellent last-round pick who should not be getting undrafted um, in any fantasy league because that upside is gigantic um, in terms of how that roster is positioned and what his role can become. He doesn't have Moses Brown or Tony Bradley there this season. There is not that many centers on this roster. There's Favors and there's Roby. And then you're looking at small ball guys like Jeremiah Robinson Earl. All right, Roby has a real chance. If he played 30 minutes a night for a two or three month stretch, don't be surprised. Really, really interested in him as a last round pick. His teammate, Josh Giddy, you can get him outside the top 140 in, uh, on Yahoo ADP. I think he's the starter, basically opening night. Are they going to invest in Giddy, the number six pick, or the Salt Flake, Theo Maladon, and play him 32 minutes after they did that last season? It didn't go particularly well. Giddy will have some issues with percentages, but a high rebounder, high assists, got some scoring ability, and he is who they want to develop next to Shea. I'm almost certain they start him and they don't put Shea at the one and Dort at the two. They go Giddy, Shea, Dort. I'm pretty sure they'll go that way, but... And if they don't, if they, they bring Giddy off the bench, you drop him. But it's about upside. A guy that can provide points, rebounds, assists, hopefully get some steals. There's enough value there for him to be maybe probably not a top 100 player, but a top 120 guy with that young person upside who can really start to develop as the season goes on. And of course, the last guy we want to talk about here is another Oklahoma City Thunder player, Alexei Pokyashevsky. I don't know who is going to start. 
Maybe it's Darius Baisley. I think it should be Pokyshevsky. Pokyshevsky could also play minutes at the three. I think he's getting 25 minutes a night minimum and upside to go higher. A seven-foot point guard who bombs threes at a high rate, free throws will be good, can block shots at a high rate, can rebound pretty well. And if he fixes his overall efficiency, which is no no easy task considering how bad he was at it last season, like if he came out and played 30 minutes a night, averaged 14 points, two threes, eight boards, four assists, two blocks, that that's a top 60 fantasy line. He, he, the chance of it happening is like 2%. But is it really that outrageous for Pokashevsky to do that when where his skill set lies and the ability for him to get those minutes on this team? No. That's why these Thunder guys, Pokashevsky, and you could throw Baisley in there as well. You could throw Dort in there as well, although they were both gifted those big minutes and roles last year and didn't crack the top 200. But that's what this last round is for. Roby, Giddy, Pokashevsky, Maxi, Poole, Morris. Like they, this is what this last round is for. So there are 12 guys that I think you should be looking at with that last round pick in a, we're talking, of course, standard league, 12-team league, category league. That is the standard. That is the vast majority of people, what people play. And if you were playing a 20-team league, your last round pick is going to be very, very different. Maybe it is the aforementioned Jeremiah Robinson Earl, or it's Shake Milton in case he becomes the backup in Philadelphia. It's a different story. But they are 12 guys to take in the last round of a standard draft with significant upside, they are the guys you should be looking at. Pencil those guys in. That is that, that is your list when you're creating a queue for the last round. They're the 12 guys I would put on that list and see how it goes. Don't forget, guys, go check out Brendan at Hidden Upside to get into those leagues. Remember how to get into my Locked On Championship League. Quote, tweet the tweet promoting this episode and tell people to go and listen or watch. There you go. Sharing the show. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you are on YouTube, thumb me up, leave a comment down below, and flick the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.